Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome to Scraptitude. Scraptitude is a partner of the Pub Square, a platform dedicated to elevating original content and perspectives. For the entire database of the Pub Square's content, visit risingyourminds.com. If you want to join the Scraptitude community, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Scraptitude, or subscribe to our YouTube account, Scraptitude Philly. If you enjoy this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks. What up, what up, what up? How you guys doing? Scrapitude Faithful, welcome back. Jeff Akins here with you. Another solo pod. Today, I have uh, something fun I'd like to bring for you guys. I'd like to talk about the price of mainstream. We're going to get into the current state of the affairs of the UFC with the cancellation of all the foreseen events, at least in the foreseeable near future, due to the coronavirus, um, how unprecedented this is, and what this means for the future of the UFC. So, let's get into it. What we really have to look at is how many events has the UFC canceled total. So what we have to look at is, and this is events that have been scheduled and have not occurred, have been 520, including the now three events that have gone by due to the coronavirus that have not taken place. So, before that, out of 517 fights, well, fight events, the UFC had canceled only four. Think about that, four events. And the only reason they were canceled is because Dana White himself felt that there were not good enough of main events to hold for people who wanted, you know, to pay for the fights or to just tune in in general. And the four events were the UFC uh, Fight Night Lamas versus Penn, which was October 2016. Um, UFC 176, which was Aldo Mendez 2, August 2014. UFC 151, John Jones versus Dan Henderson, August 2012. And UFC 233, Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw, which was back in uh, January of 2019. So when you think about how in over 500 events, they'd only canceled four, that is a ridiculous precedent to have set. And you really start to... You can appreciate the fact that the UFC really does a good job of getting their events. They, you know, they get them out there. They put them out. They say they're going to put them out, and they put them out there. But when you look in the last, I want to, I guess it's been a little less than a month from, I guess, the second week of March until, uh, I guess, where we are now. What is it? Uh, today is it's Easter Sunday, and I don't know the date. That's sad. It's like... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's uh, the twelfth, uh, but um, they've canceled three events. Three, that's um seventy-five percent. Like, think about that. That's kind. It's kind of crazy. 
for a company that has been putting on all these events. So let's look to other sports to really get an idea. And I'm just really going to use one because it's the only one that really matters at this point. The NBA. They canceled their entire... Because this is, you know, the NBA, NBA Finals, hockey. I don't really pay attention to hockey, whatever. The Flyers are the best because they're for Philadelphia, but that's besides the point. The NBA canceled their season on March 11th. The only real cancellation the UFC brought forth besides the three events that have been postponed, which were directly related to fighters being unable to do to get to places and travel restrictions, uh, lockdowns and all that. Besides the, and we'll get into this later, the fight island. The UFC has, on the week of the 11th of April, decided to postpone the remainder of the events. Or over a month. And that was only because the intervention of California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom who contacted, in the words of Dana, top executives at Disney and ESPN, who forced him to cancel UFC 249, which was headlined by the most plagued fight the UFC has ever tried to put forth, Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov, with whom, if you have been paying attention, we actually had started a small series we were going to do to complement the actual fight itself, and ended up after right after the recording of the uh, Tony Ferguson bit, having Khabib drop out due to him being like, you know, fuck this, I'm not going to go to this fight. Why should I have to go and show up to work during this coronavirus and all this? And I understand that. And um, you know, the overall eventuality of the event just being canceled. So it it paints a. Uh, a new picture, really, that we can start to understand about where the UFC is now, how they have positioned themselves, and where this position leaves them for the future. And as someone who's been, you know, following mixed martial arts for a little over a decade now, I really have never, in any situation, I guess, related to the, to the UFC seeing Dana White submit to an authority like this. It was really something something to watch because there was no, you know, there's never been, you know, of all the UFC events beside, that have been canceled, there was never one that was canceled because Dan, someone told Dana White no. You know, they were canceled because of the inability of fighters to get clearances and people popping for this and that. And other issues related to the fighters. But as long as Dana White has been able to work out his logistics, Dana White has had the fights go on. And this really starts to paint the picture of what the UFC has done by putting so much of how they gain revenue in the hands of ESPN and ESPN's parent company, Disney. Or I guess now owner Disney. What we see is, is we see a certain amount of autonomy lost. No longer are the fans the people that Dana really has to please. And while he's never been one to, you know, in the one-on-one dealings or when you would get him behind the, you know, behind the microphone, he would be like, you know, fuck the people that don't want to watch. If you don't want to watch, fuck you. Don't watch. I don't care. He 
puts on the shows that the people that do want to watch want to watch. And that's what's important. So really, is it's a dynamic shift. And I know I, I feel like I've been going on and on about dynamic shift here, dynamic shift there, dynamic shift here. But this is the, I feel like that's the time frame right where we're where where we are at where mixed martial arts is changing specifically with the UFC itself and we are seeing for the first time a legitimate block to the you know Dana White making the fights that people want you know and quote you know if you can't see me in the video which you should watch the video and I really want to want to make a analogy here and I want to show how MMA was really the last frontier of the major sports, more quotes, air quotes. And what's happening is we wanted to dip our toes into a little bit of that mainstream money, but we did not want to have to deal with the repercussions of not being able to hold the fights we want, have them where we want. And there wasn't really, the, at one point in time, you know, the UFC holding a fight, holding an event on a uh, Indian reservation at a casino really wouldn't have garnered that much hoopla and all that. And I can recognize the pandemic and the idea behind that, but it shows that without a, without, if there wasn't a government body to f- not how the governor Gavin stepped in, but like an actual governing body that stepped in like, hey, you can legally not have this. I don't think the UFC would have stepped down. And it really just, it shows that the Dana White is now not the end-all and be-all of the UFC's authority in the UFC. And that is literally something that has never been a thought before. You know, whenever you thought the UFC, you know, I mean, there was always the Fertitta brothers, but they, you know, they took a backseat. Dana White was the man who was really running the show. I mean, Shelby would, you know, make fights and all this junk and you would see some of that stuff come forth. But I don't know. It was weird to see from Dana White being like, I got Fight Island. We're having this fight. UFC 49 is definitely happening. I don't know what Joe Rogan's talking about. Joe Rogan's definitely commentating UFC 249 to we are no longer having the event. I'm going to do an interview with Brett Akimoto talking about why we're not having the event. And it's just a kowtow by Dana White that we have. N- Dana White does not bow to anyone. Dana White makes you bow over and then he takes your pants off and does what he wants. That's Dana White's way. Ask anyone who's ever dealt with him. He's ruthless. And that's why, you know, he has been someone we have always been grateful for in mixed martial arts because he's really pushed this sport as far as it has gotten, further than anyone has ever gotten. And it's the recognition that we are at the end of an era. The end of the era of monarchy of of White. The monarchy of Dana White is over. And the mouse now controls the UFC, right? You think about that. Disney owns ESPN. They decide what really happens. And this was them putting their foot down. And this is this is one of those things where you don't really see it in the day-to-day of businesses working together because you don't really see like, oh, like they let like they let things operate under their own entities. You don't realize that someone's owned by someone else because they keep their logo, they operate on their day to day, but the profit streams. You follow the money, you see who actually owns it, you see who's making the real moves. This was one of those rare opportunities where you got to see who 
is wearing the pants. And it's the mouse. And he wears the the mouse wears all the pants in every relationship it's in. And this has really shown us what the UFC is going to be like heading into the future. The UFC was much like the American Cowboy of the early 1900s. Adapting and they tried to really take their time and change and to become a part of it. But they were forced and anyone that wasn't able to be, you know, to mold and adapt was taken out, put in jail, killed, died on their own, you know, just out of society. And we are, as fans, in a weird spot that we are not the ones who are really in control. We were never like in control, but we had the ability to speak with our dollars. Our dollars held a lot more weight to the UFC. Now, the UFC has taken the the a bit the power away from the fans, away from the fighters, and handed it over to ESPN and Disney. And this was our first real glimpse of the UFC not being able to do for the fans what it wants to do for the fans and that's put on the fights we want to see when we need to see them when the people are all stuck at home Dana White has been pushing this entire thing for so long how the UFC is going to be here put these fights on they're going to do it you've seen some of these fighters out here they're posting on their social medias I'm with your boss I'm here stateside tell me where to go I'm fighting we got champions throwing their hats in their ring we got Kamaru Usman we got we got Colby Covington we got Jorge Masvidal. We got everybody, you know, trying to talk their way into a fight that they know is going to be seen. And that's the thing about it. And that's the thing about it is it's going to be seen. People were going to watch it. Shit, we were going to buy it. And we haven't bought an event in ages. It really speaks to the fact that Dana White, regardless of what you think of him, was here to put the fights on that the people that wanted to see the fights wanted to see. And now he can no longer do that to the fullest extent. And that is really the state of the UFC going forward. It is what we can expect as fans. And while the UFC is still the premier mixed martial arts organization to watch on television, not in terms of talent, but in terms of, I guess, stateside production. And, uh, you know, I, and I, you can include talent, honestly, stateside. But... You know, the world is changing and the UFC has to change with it. And so do we. And just wait till that China money starts rolling in. Because 1FC is just as big as the UFC is, if not bigger, with how many people are in China. And right now they're in the slog, just like we are. But they're going to kick back from this because if there's anything you'll learn from history is that China jumps back from stuff. And... They are going to want to look and the world is going to be changing and they're going to want to increase their and expand because people are going to try to be closing themselves off after this crazy virus stuff. And at the end of the day, money talks and Dana White loves to talk money. And you know what? That's all I got for you guys today. And I, you know, I appreciate you guys for listening to my uh, little solo pod today. Um, you know, I'm really trying to put more of these out. I do enjoy doing them. They're so, there's just something nice to just get in here, put something out nice and quick, really get my thoughts out, flesh out some ideas. You know, I'll be hanging out 
probably drinking or something with some of the buddies. And well, not right now because social distancing. But you know, and so they'll come to me, and I'm just like, you know what? Let me throw a quick little sheet together. Let me hop into the studio, put a recording out, and I'm glad to do this for you guys. I really appreciate you here at Scrapitude. Please follow, listen, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Scrapitude, Scrapitude Philly on YouTube. If you enjoy the podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate, review. It means the world to us. I appreciate you. Thanks. Peace. (laughs) 